Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host. Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about why fellowship is so important. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with. Indeed, you're going to want to take some copious notes today. So let's start out here like always. I'm going to give you a particular scripture, familiar passage as my launching pad today. And we're just going to talk about why fellowship is so important, especially in the church context. Look at what Hebrews 10.25 says. This is the good news translation. It reads like this. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage each other. I really like this verse of scripture because it tells the story. And I guess because of the time and day in which we live, so many people have walked away from church. More importantly, they've walked away from God. This pandemic has revealed a lot of things. And my question always is for people who are not attending church any longer, are you not going to the mall? Are you not going to the store? Are you not going on vacation? Are you not going to sporting events? So if you are staying at home and just sealed up in your houses, I get it. You're not being a hypocrite. But for those that are going other places, but they're not going to church any longer. I really am concerned about those kinds of people in terms of that mindset that they have, because I know folks who are not going to church any longer. And I ask them, are you still saved? You still love God? Oh yeah, but I'm just going to stay at home. Well, church is not for people at home. Now, if you are bedridden and you're having a, some type of deliberating disease where you just can't get out, That's different. But the scripture says, I didn't say it. The scripture says, let us not give up meeting together. Many people have just given up meeting together for whatever their reasons are, whatever their excuses are, whatever they got going on. And one of the things that we also have to realize that when we're reading the scripture, this is not a suggestion. This is a command from the Lord. Let us Get together, come together. Let's not do what everybody else is doing. And you will have the propensity to do what everybody else is doing because now people got all kind of reasons why church is not important. And I also ask people, was church important when you were going before the pandemic? And if they say, yeah, then I'm saying it's even more important now. And the latter clause says, let us encourage each other. What we need is some encouragement. And I want to encourage those of you that continue to go to church or went back to church once they begin to lift the restrictions. You were not one of those people who stayed at home. You understood the purpose of it. But the truth of the matter is there are some people who are a part of ministries all around the country whose pastors have become discouraged and the people have become discouraged as they are pushing with him. But I want y'all to start encouraging each other. 
with what the scriptures say. Continue to build one another up because that is what the church is for. And I know that there's some people who walked away. There's some people who just don't care any longer. But I'm praying that God will begin to send that pastor, that ministry, those people that remain faithful, some new folks to encourage, some life-giving people who understand the command of the church, that they will get together and come together because this is the heartbeat of God. Again, I wouldn't even be pushing this if the Lord was not pushing it. We got to start pushing what God is pushing. So let's encourage one another. Now, let me give you two uh, statements here. And then I'm going to give you seven reasons why I really believe fellowship is so important. Here's my first statement. Your spiritual brothers and sisters should be closer to you than your biological sisters and brothers because that relationship is eternal. Now, I know what you're probably thinking because most people are going to think like this, but we've got to have a higher realm of thinking if we're going to come into what God said. I'm going to say this to you again. Your spiritual brothers and sisters should be closer to you than your biological sisters and brothers because that relationship is eternal. Remember now, God is our father. So God chose who our mothers and fathers would be in the natural to get us here. They were a vehicle to get you here, but make no mistake about it. God is our father and God sent his son to die. And that blood is greater than the blood of your mother and father in the natural. You know, people say blood is thicker than water. Okay, well, don't you think Jesus's blood is greater than your mother's blood, your father's blood? Which means we should be closer because we have an eternal bond that cannot be broken. I've heard people say, yeah, I got a natural brother and sister, but my brothers and sisters at church, we're more closer. We're more tighter. We got more things in common. Yes, in the natural. Yeah, we may have been born in the same house, in the same crib, but at the end of the day, I'm not as close. And some have even been abandoned by their own natural brothers and sisters. So just because you have a natural brother and sister don't mean y'all had a good relationship. Sure, I'm praying that you should. But the reality is, is that we were born of another kingdom and we've got a tighter closer bond. And so I believe we should be even that more closer. I'm going to give you a scripture. At least I'm going to cite a verse. There was a time when Jesus was preaching and somebody came to the door and they said, Jesus, your brothers and sisters are here. Your mother is here. And Jesus said, who is my brothers and sisters? Who is my mother? He said, they that do the will of God are my family. So that's how Jesus looked at family. Those that are doing the will of God, those are the people I'm connected with. So I want you to begin to think about this first statement. Here's my second one. I want you to think about this as well. Before we take on spouses, husbands and wives, we should prove that we've been good spiritual brothers and sisters first. Here's why. For people that are thinking about getting married and this, that, and the other, you should be able to say the person that you get married to, they have a track record in serving in the kingdom, in a local church, under a pastor. Being able to say that they've been good in ministry, they've served well, they've served their brothers and sisters well, they've served the interests of the pastor in terms of him pushing that vision and mission for the church. If you haven't been good at the lower level, what would you be good at a higher level when we're talking about marriage? 
And the reality is a lot of people are just not good at being brothers and sisters. They're not good at even getting to a church, being a part of a fellowship so somebody can know them. Now, your job does this. What do they ask you for? References. They ask you, you know, give me three work references. Give me three references that are your friend. Why are they doing that? To be nosy? No, they're trying to find out some things about you. They're trying to find out how good you are as a person. How faithful you've been to a job? How faithful you've been to a friendship? Do you have any type of connection? And so the way that a spouse or someone who wants to get married to another brother and sister, the way that you can find out is find out who their pastor is. Find out if they've served in ministry. Find out if they have walked side by side with another brother in a men's ministry, in a women's ministry, uh, feeding the the poor, clothing those who don't have any clothes. Because you find out who you are with when you're serving with them. You find out, are they good at this? Are they good at that? I rose to tell you, if you haven't been faithful in the least, could God count you in greater things as marriage? When you have to work for a wife or a husband to be a good provider, to be a good prayer warrior for your family? I don't know. So we can't skip steps. We got to look at this. And as a pastor, I lament this many times. I can look at certain people and having served with them as their leader, I can say, I don't know if they're ready for marriage because they can't get to church on time. They don't serve. They don't give. They don't give up their time, their talent, their treasure. How do I know that they will give to a wife? How do I know that they'll give to a husband? How do I know that they'll give to their own kids if they have any? So we have to begin to look at these things the way the word of God looks at them. And so we can't skip steps. So before we, you know, jump, it said we got to look before we leap. Now, let me give you this as well. Fellowship is really called intimacy and it's in to me see. Intimacy, looking with in, into me, see. So it's sharing, it's caring, and it's praying for one another. That's what this is. And this is what you get from being a part of a fellowship. This is what these folks are staying at home used to get. But I always tell people that if you watching a church on TV, a pastor and people, uh, somebody is there. They're not like you sitting at home watching a particular a broadcast. I'm not knocking it, but I'm saying if you got a church family, they need you. Y'all need each other. So I want to encourage you to get back into the fellowship. And if you are not in a fellowship, then find one. There's got to be one in your city where you can find, where you can get back in there, where you can ask someone, hey, do you know of a good church I can begin to get into and serve? There's so many gifts and talents on the inside of you. Don't waste them sitting at home on the couch like everybody else is doing. Now, let me give you seven reasons why I feel fellowship is so important. I'm going to lace these with scriptures as well. So, you know, I'm not making this stuff up. All right, here's point number one. I belong in God's family with other believers. Notice what the scripture says in Galatians chapter six, verse 10. Let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of God. And Ephesians chapter 2, 
verse number 19. The Living Bible says, you are a member of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Word of God can't say it more simpler than that. And then in Romans chapter 12, verse 5, notice what it says. So in Christ, we who belong to the body and each member belongs to everyone else. So we belong together. We're connected together. And this is the connection that we have to have if we call ourselves believers. Now, the Christian who is not committed to a group of other believers for praying, sharing, and serving so that he is known as he knows others, he is not an obedient Christian. Now, I know you may not like that because people have all kinds of reasons and excuses why they don't go. But again, when God says something to us out of his word, those of us that are Christians, even if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, we have to say, you know what, Lord, you are right. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not going to make any excuses about it. I'm going to repent and do better because here's why. The kingdom of God works through obedience. The kingdom of Satan works through disobedience. So I'm going to have to make a decision. What kingdom am I going to be a part of? That's how the kingdom of God works. We have to be obedient to see signs, wonders, miracles, to see all the things that God has promised. Anytime things are not working in your life, you have to ask yourself, am I being obedient to God? And it shouldn't take you very long to figure that out. If you're not being obedient to God, this is why things are not working for you. And when you were doing what you were supposed to be doing, I can guarantee you can trace it all the way back to your obedience. I really want to encourage you to get back in the fellowship. And again, for those of you that are a part of the fellowship, hear this word today and be encouraged. You doing well. I know people have left. You doing well. The church is still a safe place. It's still the place that Jesus died for. So it has relevancy. It's significant. So don't make anything insignificant. God says this is where you belong because these are your family members. Number two, I need encouragement to grow spiritually. Yeah, you need encouragement to grow spiritually. And you can only get that in church. You can't get that at your job. They're not preaching Jesus there. They ain't having no Bible studies there, no prayer meetings there, no strategies to minister to people, to keep people right. You can't get that at your church. You can't get that in some type of fraternity. People always trying to replace church with other things, thinking that God has his hand on that. No, God has his hand on the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Your job not calling you out to go and save nobody. Your job not calling you out to go and pray for somebody. Come on, let's not drink the Kool-Aid today. But understand, I need encouragement to grow spiritually. Look at what Hebrews 10, 24 says. Let us think of one another and how we can encourage each other in love and do good deeds. That's the church, not your job. That's the church, not the special interest group that you are a part of. We have got to learn how to build each other up. And this is what the church can do. And Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine, 10 and 12. Notice what the scripture says. Two are better off than one. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad. 
because there is no one to help him. Two men can resist an attack that would defeat one man alone. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. And that's what we get in the church when we are tied and knitted together with Jesus Christ. I hope I'm making my case to you today that there are just some things that you can get that you can only get from church that you just can't get from the world. And we have to see this, especially now in the time and day in which we live. We must have some encouragement so that we can grow and be spiritually minded and be used of God. Number three, I need accountability to grow spiritually. I like this accountability because a lot of people don't want to go back to church because they just don't want to be accountable. They don't want anybody to know what they're doing. They don't want anybody to know what they're up to. But I'm going to go a little deeper. I would say to you, if you're not a part of a church, don't get married either because that's what marriage is. It's accountability. If you don't want to be accountable to your spouse, to your kids, to what's going on in the context of your marriage and you thinking about it, but you just don't want to let nobody know where you're going to be, how late you're going to be, don't get married because marriage is ministry. And again, I believe you learn how to be a spouse through being a brother and sister first. And one of the ways is through accountability. I can tell how spiritual you are when you want to be accountable. And this is what church folk have with one another. It's just not about being together. It's being accountable. I want you to know what's going on in my life. If I'm struggling, if I'm having situations financially, I want you to know so you can pray for me, so you can build me up, so you can impart the word of faith to me. So my pastor and other ministers and leaders that walk with him can help you to grow in this thing called being accountable. Notice what Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says, people learn from one another just as iron sharpens iron. That's good. You're learning from one another. Just like iron will sharpen iron. Wood can't sharpen iron. It's not made of the same stuff. So when we go to the house of God, we're not going because we're perfect. We're not going because we got it all together. We're not part of a fellowship because what's on the church wall or the church name or the church door. No, we're going because we're trying to be accountable. We want to be what God wants us to be. We should be running to the house of God. God saved us. He spared our life. He's helping us. He's keeping us. Come on, y'all. We have to do better. Notice what Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 says. Every day, keep encouraging one another so that none of you is hardened by the glamour of sin. So many people have been taken away from church because of sin. And I've told you sin, S-I-N, that I in the middle there is why we can't get it right. Sometimes we've become selfish and self-centered on what we want. And that is the birthplace of sin. But when you're in the house of God, you're thinking about somebody else. You're learning how to put their needs before yours. You're learning how to pray for somebody. You're learning how to serve people. You're learning how to go the extra mile. Your heart now wants to give. It wants to do what it wouldn't do before. And you cannot get that just in groups around the city, wherever you live. You can only get that from a place that's preaching and teaching God's word and where there are examples of people that are trying to live out their faith in this community of fellowship and church. All right? Number four, 
Christ is present when we fellowship together. Did you know that? That Christ comes to church? That when you stay at home, the spirit of Christ that lives in you is inside of you. In other words, you just can't send the spirit of Christ to church and you stay home. No, when we go to church, the spirit of God that lives inside of you goes. Where do you think God want to be? At home with you, with his feet kicked up with you? No, he wants to be in the house of the Lord. Note that the spirit of Christ always wants to worship the father. He's always looking for opportunities to give God praise and to give him glory. How does he do do that? He does that through you. So when you go to the house of God, when you go to church, the spirit of Christ that lives in you wants to worship the father in spirit and in truth, wants to know, wants to get closer, even closer to the things of God. So we've got to look at this thing again and say, hey, man, when I go to church, this is not some ritual. This is just not some. I'm trying to check some box or something. No, I am in the house of God because I know Christ would be pleased. I know he wants to worship the Father. I know he wants to allow the Christ in me to grow and to be joyous and growing as a believer and doing those things that please God. If we say we love God, we've got to keep his commandments. Notice what Matthew 18, 20 says. For wherever two or three have come together in my name, I am there right with them. Wow. Two or three. So watch this. And I had to think about this as a pastor because my church is not very big, but we're very powerful in demonstration when we come together. And all I need is two or three. And if I get two or three, I feel the biblical requirement for the spirit of God to just flow through the house and through the people. The reality is I've had my best services when it's just been a few people because I got more people that are intentional about seeing a move of God. So I want to even encourage some pastors today where your church has maybe been emptied out in this pandemic. It might just be you, your wife, kids and just a few other families. But I want to tell you, if you got more than two or three, if you got just two or three there, the Lord said, I am in the midst of them. And that's something that we need to relish. That's something that we need to cherish. That's something that we need to remember. Let's not focus on those that are not coming. And I know it's difficult because when people say that they're apart, but they don't come, it just pulls on the ministry. It pulls on your pastor. So pray for him, build him up, encourage him and say, pastor, I'm with you. We're going to get to the other side. We're going to get to the mountain. God, God has promised this ministry. This is what we've got to do because your leader needs encouragement too. He needs prayer too. He's a man of God. In other words, he's a man first and then pertaining to the things of God second. So we've got to remember that we've got to push our leadership because if the shepherd is not encouraged, you can't be either. That's how it works. So let's build one another up. Number five, there is great power when we pray together. 
You ever been to a prayer service before? When you together, man, so many things can happen in prayer. There's just an excitement. There's electricity there. There's synergy. There's energy. There's hope for change when we come together and pray together. There's great power. You can look in Acts chapter four when the church came together and prayed. They prayed for boldness and encouragement and courage to witness. And the spirit of God showed up and gave the church what they needed in prayer. And Lord, do we need to have prayer more going now in the house of God than we have in any other time in history. Notice what Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 says, whenever two of you on earth agree about anything you pray for, it will be done for you by my father in heaven. Simple and plain. When there is an agreement of two of us together, we can touch and agree. Ask the Lord anything in his word and it will be done. That encourages me. That really builds me up today. I hope it does the same for you because God never leaves us without a promise. He never leaves us without his word. Let's get back in the fellowship. Because prayer is so essential and it has great power and demonstration when we are there together. Point number six, fellowship is a witness to the world. This is so true. How can we witness to the world when we're not together? How can we really witness to the world and say that we're together and we're really not together? We're just together in name only, but we're not together in person. When we come together, it's a witness to the world that our God reigns, that our God is real. We are not always going to agree, but we come together anyway because we got the same daddy. We got the same father. We may want to see some change. We may not always know how to get to the change that we want to see, but we don't abandon one another. Here's a perfect example of this. For those of you that are sports fanatics, you got people in that arena they may be racist. They may not like white people, black people. They may not like men or women. But when they come to that arena, they're rooting for the same team. They got the same interest. When there's a touchdown, when their team makes a basket or whatever, they high-fiving each other. They jumping on each other. They cheering. They just literally losing their mind on the football and these football games and basketball games. They don't have to care about what's going on in each other's family. They don't come for that. They come to root for one team. And then the amazing thing is after the game, they go back to maybe not liking a particular person, being prejudiced of a particular person. But while they are at the game, they with one another. They loving on one another. They high-fiving one another. They don't always know each other in that basketball arena, in that football stadium but they have a common interest. How much more should we be showing forth the things of God when we do have a common interest? And that's to make Jesus' name known throughout the world. That's to bring him glory. We got to do better. Let's not let the world outdo the church. It really grieves my heart. Sub-zero degree weather and people outside, sometimes with no shirt on, cheering at a football game. And we can't even get five, six, 10, 15, 20 people together in a church service to confess their love for God. Something is wrong with that. And even you know it, we got to get back to what matters. And that's making God's name glorious. He said, if you lift me up, I will draw 
all men unto. Let's learn how to lift the Savior up. Let's learn how to worship him together. And he will draw all of the necessary things that every church needs so that we can do a good work for Christ. And I really believe when we do that, we'll see some change. Here's John chapter 17, verse number 21. My prayer for all of them is that they will be of one heart and mind, so the world will believe you sent me. Oh, that's powerful. And that says why the world don't believe, because we are not of one heart and of one mind. Can we at least try to do the scripture so we can see this thing manifest? This is what we got to do. Come together so that we can be of one heart and of one mind. And let's see the manifestation, the demonstration, signs, wonders, miracles of the scripture coming to pass. We so desperately need this in our hour today. And finally, point number seven, I am obligated to every other Christian. Do you know you just don't come to church for you? You're not a part of a fellowship for you. You are a part of a fellowship for someone else who needs prayer, who needs encouragement, who needs a pat on the back, who needs somebody to tell them, I believe in you. Things are going to get better. I'm your brother. I'm your sister. Let's go to lunch. We're going to talk about it some more and pray about it. This is what we need. You're obligated to somebody else. You're obligated to walk with them, to take on their burdens to help them to see you're not in this by yourself. I've been where you've been and I've walked through the valley, but I've seen God take me to the mountain. This is what we need to have going on in every church in America, that Christians who are mature enough and say, hey, I wasn't feeling my best today, but I wanted to be here to encourage you, to keep you fighting. Do you know what that would do for you? You would look at God differently. You would look at your church differently, but we've got a lot of self-centeredness going on that we've got to get rid of. My prayer today is that we would learn how to be be obligated and say, hey, man, I am with you. Leaders want people that are with them. They don't want to be in that thing by themselves. They don't want to be pushing by themselves. They don't want to be the only one setting up the ministry by themselves. We've got to learn how to keep pushing and pushing so that we can see what God said, so we can see growth, so we can see change. Notice what the scripture says, my final verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God has given you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. You got some special abilities, some talents, some God-given things that he's given you at birth. Use them at your church. Your pastor is praying that you use them. Why should your leader have to beg you to serve in the things of God? That should never be. I want you to get back in the house of God. And again, some of you, you are in the house, but you're not serving. I want you to start serving. It is God's good pleasure that you maximize that gift. You know why? Because he's going to ask you to give an account for it. So for some of you who know what you're supposed to be doing and you're not, you're just being disobedient. But God has given you another chance. Hearing this word today, I pray that it will help you to see some things that you said you saw before, but you see differently now, use your gift, your time, your talent. Your tr- How can the church grow when you got something you could use to build it? God didn't just send you to that church to just listen to your pastor preach. 
He sent you there so that you can make up the wall. He sent you there so you can be a support system to your leader and to the members there so that you can add another flavor to the house. You got something on the inside of you that can take that church from 10 people to 20, from 20 to 30, from 50 to 100, from 500 to 1,000. He put it inside of you. If we would all learn how to yield our gift to the things of God, man, what a wonderful fellowship we would have. Let's stop complaining and make some changes. Get back in the fellowship. Get back in the house of God. Get back in the ark of safety. You were there once. You've been touched by the power of God. You can't tell me you don't want to be touched by it again. I want to encourage you today because I love you no matter where you are listening to me right now. I love you. God loves you. Get back in so we can see the church be all that God has prophesied it to be. But that's all that I wanted to share. I pray this blessed you. It blessed me. I pray that it helped you share this message, this podcast with someone that is out of church, that they want to get back in, but they may not know how to. Maybe this will be just the episode that will get this thing moving. Share this with another pastor or leader and encourage them with how you've been encouraged today. And if you were encouraged, send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Let me know this particular episode blessed you. Go to my website today at thomasadeloach.com. We're sending out monthly newsletters, ways to encourage you, ways to get some more information to you. I have a subscriber box there on my homepage. Put your email in there and click the send button. I will send you a free PDF along with sending you those monthly newsletter e-blasts to help you continue on in the things of God. Also, if you would scroll down on that homepage, I'm looking for financial partners who will partner with me. If you've been blessed, no dollar amount is too big nor too small. Click that donation tab there towards the bottom of the homepage and you can give today. Do it today. You're sowing into good ground. You're sowing into a ministry that is encouraging people. So help me encourage as many as you can. All right. I'm praying for you. I know the word of the Lord is true. Let's make this year the greatest year because we are going to be all about the interests of God, all about the things of God. Let's watch his word come to pass in the lives of those that really love the Lord with all of our heart. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer request, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.